you put your hands together and give the miracle worker a hand clap of appreciation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Amen. Thank you, Brother Josh. A reminder that the present is indeed a present. It's a gift from God. Me being here is an, a gift from God. He maketh his mercies new every morning, and I should never take a service, a song, a sermon for granted. There were many people I was visiting with Brother Lightner this past week, and he was reminding me, and we were talking about what a privilege it is to be in the house of God. When your health declines or you're going through a season when you're not able to be in the house of God, it's a reminder to you that being here in the now, I should take advantage of it. Be grateful. Be thankful for it. Give God praise in the moment. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Josh. Word from the Lord. Amen. Next young man that's going to be ministering to us tonight. Amen. So thankful for him. Thankful for uh, his ministry, what he means to this church. And he leads uh, music in our church. Um, it's helped in so many ways and is certainly a servant. And God has expanded that uh, ministry in a number of ways. I don't even know if um, most of you are aware of this, but just recently when uh, Brother Josh Lewis was preaching for us, Brother Josh Lewis looked around over the weekend and he saw most of the musicians were uh, uh, young people, young adults, and there was a diversity of people playing and diversity of people singing. And, uh, and he was really moved by that. And he spoke to me after service. And he said, how is it that you have so many people that are gifted in so many areas? And I said, well, I got to be honest with you. Uh, that's uh, Brother and Sister Axtell and uh, AMT. And they do training all the time. And through." he said, that's amazing. And uh, he called back the next week and he said, as you know, I have a school here in High Point. Um, and what do you think about Brother and Sister Axtell coming down and uh, teaching lessons at the school? And I said, well, I'm sure they would love that. But one thing led to another, and now they go and they have over 40 lessons that they teach in High Point at the school at Brother Lark Lewis's church. Blessing that church. I think that's wonderful. Josh Lewis was just telling me, he said, man, I'm so excited. He said, we got people who are going to be playing it all different. He said, man, I'm just so excited about that. And uh, so I appreciate what God is doing through his ministry. Uh, he recently graduated with his master's in business as well. And God's been blessing him in a number of ways. And I appreciate uh, both he and uh, my daughter's dedication to the music and being a servant to this church love and appreciate them so very much amen great anointed young man of god brother axtell come my brother god bless you amen amen thank you for those kind words uh, my first point today i'm just gonna tell on a little bit that you'll have a sneak peek is gonna be on humility and now I'm going to have to look right back at myself and be preaching the whole time on myself. Um, appreciate all of your investment, Pastor. I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter number 15, if you get your Bibles out. First off, I'd like to honor, uh, bring honor to Pastor Landtrup and the pastoral team. Thank you for trusting me with your pulpit and for all that you have invested in me. 
I'm indebted to each of you and grateful that God in his wisdom has placed you in my life. And what a great job. What a great word from Brother uh, Josh Martinez. What a powerful word. Thank you for delivering your heart today. Luke chapter 15. And I'm going to start at verse 1. Don't worry, I'm not going to read the whole book the whole chapter, but I am going to preach the whole chapter today. So we'll see how that goes. I promise to, to only go about an hour and a half. Don't worry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> chapter 15 says, Then drew near unto the, him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. And I say unto you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than the, over the ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. And I'm going to preach with the help of the Lord today on this topic, the heart of the seeker. Pastor, would you pray? Jesus, you may be seated. See, this is a powerful little chapter with three illustrations where Jesus pointedly calls out the Pharisees and scribes who, instead of rejoicing that Jesus was, uh, Jesus was, was helping changing the lives of sinners, and he was making their lives better, they were judging him for being involving himself with people who they thought were beneath him. See, all three stories that, that Jesus tells in this little chapter have three things in common. One, something is lost. A sheep, a coin, and a son. And in each story, someone is seeking for the lost thing or person. And thirdly, the response is, defining those things is rejoicing. The last story has a little bit more going on. We, we often focus on the prodigal son and touching the story of the father who runs to meet him afar off. But if you aren't careful, you might miss the strong rebuke that is happening. You see, the prodigal was not the only lost son in this parable. And the full story going on here is that there was one son who was lost outside of the father's house. And there was also one son who was lost inside the father's house. And Jesus is contrasting these two, these two boys, right? He was showing us which type of person could have access to his blessings. 
You see, the prodigal son represented the publicans and the sinners who had messed up their lives, but were humble enough to admit that they needed a Savior. And they made their way back to Jesus. And they sought after him while the Pharisees stood in the house, in the house of God. And they neglected so great a, a salvation. What a contrast that at the very opening of this chapter, we see that Jesus is talking to Pharisees. And, he's, and the Pharisees are saying, look, why are you spending time with these sinners, these people who are messed up? You should be spending it with us who have it together. But Jesus says, look, it's not enough to feel like you have it together. You have to be humble enough to realize that you need a savior and there's this promise in scripture it's not those who are clothed in their own righteousness but it's those who will seek after him who will find him and so Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremiah declares to the backslidden Israel, you shall find me when you search for me with your whole heart. But those who do not feel like they need to be saved, the old timer, they're not going to get that salvation. The old timers used to say, you've got to preach them lost before you can preach them saved. You've got to understand something when you are in a walk with God that this is not an equal party. He is God and you are not. And, and he is perfect and you are a sinner in need of salvation, in need of grace, in need of the hand of God to pick you up out of the miry clay and to set your feet on a rock to say, we need to understand that we need a savior. You see the moment that we begin to think that I'm good. I'm a good person. Once you get into the place where you are not seeking for God, when you're not living for the now, when you're not currently pushing towards the mark, once you get to the place in your walk with God, maybe where you start to believe I'm good, when sermons no longer do it for you, but what you're just thinking that's for somebody else, right? When altar calls are no longer a place where you can go to repent and realign your heart with God. The moment that you become too good to seek for God, you have become like the Pharisee that Jesus pointedly condemns in this chapter. He begins to reveal the attitude of those who no longer seek because they've clothed themselves in their own self-righteousness. They've clothed themselves in their own lives. They said, I'm good. I've, I don't have to push anymore. I don't have to seek. I've already got the Holy Ghost. I've already been saved. I don't have to seek for God anymore. I've got my salvation. But Jesus says, no, you must seek for me. But if I promise you, if you will seek for him, you're going to find. If you knock, he's going to open up some doors for you. But if you will seek him, you must be humble. See, the prodigal son understood something that the lost son at the house did not quite understand. The prodigal son knew what it was like to hit rock bottom. So he came to the realization that at his father's house was a place of blessing even for the lowest person in the house. And it took maybe him going to his lowest point and realizing the lowest person is me. To realize that I'm, it's better in my father's house. The other lost son spent his whole life inside the father's house without ever experiencing the blessings 
of his father. And can I tell you today that you can go to church your whole life, but not let God's word inform your life and therefore live your life outside of the blessings of a life lived submitted to God. You can go to church and you can go through the motion and guess what? You can get to heaven and God look at you and say, I never knew you. Depart from me because why? We've got to be humble enough to make sure that we're still seeking after him. Every opportunity I get to be in the altar, every opportunity I get to respond to the word, Every opportunity I get in the morning to read my Bible and pray, I'm going to keep on seeking. I won't grow complacent. I won't grow weary in well-doing because my reward is one that's eternal and it's one worth seeking for with everything that I have. The heart of a seeker understands that we've got something worth searching for. We've got something worth claiming in our lives. It's better than what we have today. God forbid we get to the place where we no longer seek for God. You see, there's a wealth of treasure and blessing that he wants to give us. But unless we have the heart of a seeker that understands we need him every single day, we will never find the blessing, the life of blessing, when we're surrendered to his will and to his word. And Jesus so pointedly condemns the attitude of the Pharisees by showing the heart of the prodigal, which could access the blessings of the father. Meanwhile, the brother was around the father's house and yet did not have access to what the father could give him because he refused to seek for it. Because he was too complacent to seek for it. Because he was too content with his own life to seek for it. And he neglected to see that there were things in his heart. There were things in his life that if he would just go get them right with the Father, God could bless him. God could give him access to so much more. Amen. The heart of a seeker. The heart of a seeker understands, I need Jesus. Humble enough to know they need a Savior. But can I tell you, that's not the only point of this text. You see, there's another very strong point that Jesus makes in each story. He's saying the heart of a seeker rejoices when the lost are found. You see, if you're, if you're, the, prodig- if you're the, the lost son at home and you see the prodigal coming home, the temptation would be to get bitter at them. How come they can have access to, God, to God's blessings when I'm sitting here in the house of God and I don't have access to it? How come they can have peace and joy and a smile on their face and I've been living for God my whole life and I'm grumpy and discontent? How come this prodigal son can have access to the blessings of God and I've been trying my whole life? Why? Because you have not begun to seek for him the way you should. But when we get the heart of a seeker, when the prodigal son comes home, that brings a joy to your life. When you begin to see the lost saved, that brings a joy into your life. And you begin to be excited and you begin to rejoice. The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when one soul comes back and repents. Come on, do you have a heart today? When you see a repentant heart, do you start rejoicing with heaven? Or do you start discontenting with the lost son? Come on, we need to rejoice. 
rejoice. We need to rejoice when they are saved. But the heart of the seeker, hear, hear me now, the heart of a seeker also seeks for them to be saved. Because if we are to mirror God's heart, right, that's the heart that we are after. If we are to mirror God's heart, God says that it is his will that he seeks, that he has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The heart of God. Let me hear me now. The closer to the heart of God that you can get, the, the way that you can get the closest to the heart of God is by seeking for someone else to be saved. Because God has called you every, it, hear me now, it's not the job of the preacher or the minister to go win the souls. It's the job of the church. God says that you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be what? Witnesses. You shall be witnesses unto me in Judea, right? Sumeria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Come on, it's God's will for you to seek after the lost. When you have, when you've been transformed, when you've had that prodigal son returning home moment, you can't help it. There's something inside you that says, I want to bring someone to heaven with me. You see, those that are sick, they need a hospital. But those who are lost, they need a church. People of God, if we're ever going to reach this city, we need to be a refuge for the lost, not just a club for the saved. We need to get a burden and a passion for finding that which was lost. Come on, somebody. When was the last time you prayed on your knees and you begin to beg God, send me someone I can witness to. Send me someone I can seek after and let your light shine in their life. In every parable, there's a lost thing that's being searched after. <laughs> the lost sheep was sought out by the shepherd. The lost coin was desperately looked after by the woman. And the father was constantly looking for his son's return. You see, the story of the prodigal is unique in that because of the shame the prodigal brought to his father in leaving and spending all of his money, the community and Jewish culture would have met him at the city gates and they would have stoned him before he ever made it back to his father's house. The prodigal would have never made it home if it had not been for the father actively looking out for his son. Come on, there are backsliders in this city and they're never going to make it to this church building unless you're actively seeking for them to be saved. Come on, the moment you see them begin to make their way back home, that's that moment I come running to hug you, to meet you right where you're at. To reflect the heart of a seeker. Amen. Sometimes what you need to, in your life, sometimes it's the fire that you need in your life. If you're struggling, maybe you feel dry in your walk with God. Maybe you don't feel the passion you once did for God and for the things of God, for the word of God. Maybe what you need is to go seek for somebody because there is nothing more exciting than seeing a baby born in Christ. There is nothing more exciting than teaching a Bible study and watching as the word of God begins to transform that life. There's nothing that will rekindle your love for the Father like seeking after the lost. We've got to have a person. We've got to have a passion for this. We've got to seek after 
those who are lost. You are called to be witnesses. Let them see your good works, right? And glorify God, which is in heaven. And finally, my last point. The heart of a seeker doesn't care what the cost is. Look to a story. The rich young ruler. He comes to Jesus, comes running at his feet. Something inside of him knew there was something off. He comes running at the feet of Jesus and he asks him, what can I do to be saved? What do I need to do, God? Of course, he's brown nosing a little bit. Good master. Can I earn my way in with good words? Compliments. He was looking for an easier route. He was looking for a discounted price for salvation. And he knew, I think something deep down inside knew there was something off about his spirit. But when Jesus says, well, you know what to do. Obey the commandments. Something in him goes, I've been doing that all my life. And suddenly that cloak of self-righteousness nice on his shoulders. Apparently he missed the first point. Got to be humble. Got to realize your need for a Savior. But then Jesus makes it very clear. It's not enough. And the Bible says that Jesus loved him. And I believe that's true of both sons as well. Jesus loves both of you. Maybe you're dealing with a prodigal spirit today. Jesus loves you. Jesus wants you to seek for him. And I promise you, come to these altars. Maybe it's just a little bit of a prodigal spirit that's been working up in your spirit. And you know it. I've got a little gossip in me. I got a little something in me that just hasn't been right with God. God's going to come running to meet you too. And Jesus loves him and tells him, well, one thing thou lackest. Go sell everything you have. Lay up treasures in heaven. Follow me. Take up your cross. And the rich young ruler went away sorrowful because he was not willing to pay the cost of living for God. Can I tell you today, when you first begin to answer the call, the cost may seem really big. may seem like a cost to sell all your money and possessions and trust God. It may cost you some things here on earth, but I'm telling you the cost of living outside the will of God will cost you so much more. And it will cost you over and over and over again. But today... We don't know why the the money was so important to this young man. Maybe he was poor growing up. I can relate to that. And he made his own way. He hated that feeling when he was a kid of feeling helpless. So he thought, I'm going to provide for myself. I'm going to carve out my life. And so that money to him represented what he 
he felt like was his life. He built it up and he, it was what he could stand on and he trusted those riches to keep him. I don't know what it was about the money, but it wasn't just about the money. It was a heart issue. But you see, Jesus asks for everything. You see, you can't just give God 80%, 95%. You've got to be willing to say, God, every insecurity, come on, every, every desire for attention in my life, every, everything in my heart, in my life, I surrender to the cross and I take up my cross and I'm going to seek after you and let you have every aspect of my life. You'll please stand. See, Jesus asks for everything because Jesus ultimately, he paid the price, but he gave everything. Jesus bore that cross because he loved us so much that he said, I will literally give everything I have to save you. Jesus also tells the parable of a man who finds a treasure in a field and sells everything he has to buy the whole field that's how we have to be we have to be willing to go all out for this truth the, the old timers used to say it's hard to live for God easy but it's easy when you live for God hard and so tonight with the help of the Holy Ghost I want to challenge you today I want to challenge you to examine your heart is there anything not surrendered to the will of the Father is there anything that you're not trusting God with? Is, is, there, is your response to the situation you're in, you're indicative of something, someone whose heart is after God? It's a heart of a seeker. Is your flesh running the show? Is there anyone humble? Is there anyone here humble enough to recognize your need today? I know I need God to help me to live the life that he's called me to. Come on, I believe I can hear the Holy Ghost say to lay down every weight and every sin tonight. Lay down every insecurity and every desire to seek the and every desire and to seek after the face of God at an altar. Yes, these altars are open. Come on, who will have a heart of a seeker tonight? Who will seek God for your need? Who will seek God for every aspect of your life? Come on, he's here to meet you right where you're at. He's here to meet you right where you are at. The moment we make our way home. Hallelujah.